Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is the best. We're gonna run through these super quick so that we can get straight to the episode because today is a hot take. If you're not already, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review if you like the show. It seriously helps way more than you know. And if you wanna see all the uh, video version, go to YouTube. Check it out and subscribe, it's great. Today's show is brought to you by Supergrip ATV Tires. Supergrip ATV has been a sponsor of the podcast for almost two years now. I run their uh, their uh, Supergrip ATV K9 tires. I actually run a 30 and a 32 and the Kevlar and the most recent addition to the Supergrip ATV tires is the XT tire version. Very cool stuff because what they did was, uh, and don't ask me exactly how they calculated this first number, they increased performance by 70% on the tire. Now, the reason they did that, and what makes a little more sense to me, is they actually added 20% more rubber to the tire. And I think they added it in certain places where, uh, because I have a set of non-XTs and I have a set of XTs as well. The XTs, when you air them down, they don't bulge the exact same way. Uh, My 30s are my non-XT tires and they bulge just kind of like a regular tire. But those XT canines, my 32-inch tall canines, it's really crazy. They don't bulge like right at the, uh, like the, you know how the tire goes closer to the wheel and normally there's a kind of like a fat lip right outside the bead? It's not exactly how it is. The bead right there is super strong and most of the bulge is actually right next to the tread. So you'll get most of your capability off-road increased while maintaining a strong sidewall. The XTs were, I mean, it may have been that I went from a 30 to a 32, but I could not believe the performance gain that I had from having those tires aired down at the perfect PSI and having, I mean, I had a great day on them. They held up for me. No no even signs of leaking. Had them on the car for a little over a month now, and they're at the exact PSI I left them at. SupergripATV.com and SupergripATV on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, next is the classic and the super powerful RCV Performance. I'll say this. RCV Performance has sent me some Trail Series axles. I'm going to put them to the test this year at the National Rock Racing Association races. I'm not going to be racing, but I'm going to be doing a lot of trail riding. And that's why they sent me the Trail Series axle. It recently just came out, and I did a comparison video on my Instagram. That Instagram is just racing on the rocks. And what I did was I compared the CV size on the inner and the outer joints, and I also compared the weight and the thickness of the shaft because ask any of your friends the most important part about your shaft is the thickness Uh, one of the most interesting things about the trail series axles is the beautiful powder coat that comes on it obviously it's going to have the rcv performance strength durability the crazy boot strength that you're used to seeing with rcv performance axles but the really cool thing too is i currently have a 1000 diff in mine rcv axles are completely rebuildable any part that you need for your rcv axle since they are made in america you can get in a timely manner and like your for example with me my 1000 diff i'll be upgrading that soon to an rs1 diff so i'll actually swap out the inner cvs for the turbo style. So if you're in a vehicle that you may not be in forever and you really enjoy your RCVs because they are a one-time buy purchase, you can always upgrade them to your next machine or move them to another machine just by swapping out inner or outer CVs. 
absolutely highly recommend it. I'm very pleased and cannot wait to get some miles on my RCV Performance Trail Series axles. Go check them out. They're a much more reasonable price point than the Pro Series. They carry a slightly different warranty than the, two, uh, than the Pro Series, but I'll let you guys go figure it out, and I highly recommend them. I cannot wait to give you guys my full review. RCVPerformance.com and RCVPerformance uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Next on the list is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop has been with us for about a year. Uh, I'll just tell you this. They revalved maintenance and did everything to my shocks that needed to be done. And I'd be willing, I will straight up just never own another side-by-side -side that does not have the Diddy's Big Block Race Shop touch to it. Their, their revalving was an incredibly reasonable price for what I got in return. Uh, I actually have them paired with all things UTV spring, uh, tender springs, and um, it's a beautiful combination. The car floats in the trails and, and rocks and everything. It's really something special. Uh, I don't have any kidney pain or back pain after a long day of riding. I don't have to worry about any of that anymore because I have Diddy's Big Block Race Shop valved, maintenanced, did the whole internals, and I am super pleased. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Facebook and Instagram. Next on the list is All Things UTV. All Things UTV has also been with the show for a very long time. I cannot recommend them enough in terms of having the parts that you need, like the RS1 diff and the kit that you need to have the RS1 diff swap. Also, one product that I'll never, ever, ever not have on my machine, I'll always have it, is the Razor Aid inner fender liners that protect the inside of your car or the passengers in your car by creating a steel stamp out for your floorboard. And I've seen a bunch of people have foreign objects, logs, stick, rocks, all that kind of fun stuff, break through their floorboard and firewall, and it just relieves all of that because you have a nice, uh, very thick piece of steel that is molded, completely fit right into those inner fender liners. Check those guys out, All Things UTV on Facebook and Instagram and allthingsutv.com. The new sponsor, brand new, what we have, is Essentially Off-Road. They're actually in my hometown. Uh, Blake, who is the owner of Essentially Off-Road, the, the actual shop itself does general 4x4 maintenance, but Blake is the wizard behind the shop. He is a fabrication god. He can literally build numerous things. Absolutely amazing. Some of the fabrication that comes out of that place and what he builds in particular that he wanted me to highlight now is essentially off-road has started building razor production cages. I think that they're, I mean, they're somewhere in the ballpark of $800 to $1,000. And these are some of the most square, I'll tell you this, my cage on my razor right now ain't very square. It's about two inches lower on the passenger side. I'll have to be upgraded to an essentially off-road cage. They're super square, beautiful welds. Blake at Essentially Off-Road is a gifted welder, and you're going to have not only a piece of art, but a piece of art that is completely structurally sound, safe, all kinds of fun stuff, good to ride in. Let me tell you that right there. And uh, no peace of mind. You know, what better peace of mind than if you get in a situation where you roll over, you're going to be safe. EssentiallyOffRoad.com, Essentially Off-Road on Facebook, and Essentially Off-Road 4x4 on Instagram. Last but not least is the sponsor that's been with us the longest, Infinite Off-Road, has a code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S, 10% off at checkout for your light bars, whips, wheel rings, pods, rock lights. I'm going to get a set of their magnetic rock lights and their um, chase lights. 
or their chase lights actually are brake lights that double as chase lights and they triple as a bed light as well. They have this nice courtesy light that uh, when you flip it on or you flip it on with the option of the bed light on, it'll illuminate your entire bed just like your pickup truck does. So if you got cooler tools, anything like that, it's nice to have that light back there. You don't have to hold your phone, close one eye and jump up there and slide off there, you know, and have all these kind of troubles trying to get to be able to see what you need to see. It fixed it. Can't wait to try those out. Mag magnetic rock lights are the only rock lights on the market with a pure dedicated white emitter. Very excited to have those guys on board. InfiniteOffRoad.com, 10% off uh, with code word rocks at their website. Just type it in at checkout, no tax. All right, today's show is kind of interesting because I just got done watching King of the Hammers UTV race and I had some thoughts. So here are my thoughts. Thanks everybody for checking out the show and uh, we'll see you next time. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today's show is an interesting one. Uh, if you're not on the YouTube version, if you're listening to audio only, I highly encourage that you go check out uh, the YouTube version, because I've actually got the finishing of the King of the Hammers UTV race happening right now. Uh, something pretty interesting happened today. We had, uh, let me see if I can find the official times here. Um, King of the Hammers, one. excuse the clicking. Uh, but essentially, we have a new champion as the name of Kyle Cheney. Uh, I've actually reached out to Kyle trying to get him on the show. I had a schedule, uh, scheduled interview with him last week, but, uh, you know, just getting ready for KOH fell through the cracks and baby life fell through the cracks as well. So we'll get Kyle actually on here uh, sooner rather than later. First place, Kyle Cheney, second place, Cody Miller, and then third place, Phil Blurton. Phil Blurton was my pick to win. So um, very interesting to see that he actually landed up there. Uh, we had our very own East Coast superstar, Jay Shaw, finish in fifth place, I believe. And if this historically goes back and you're listening to this later when all the results are out, this is literally a few hours after the first place finisher has come out. All of the placings are unofficial except for first and second place right now and possibly even third. Um but this was a really entertaining race. I think that the top five today, including Phil Blurton, uh, Ronnie Anderson, uh, both the Miller brothers, Jay Shaw, there was about five or six guys that were really running the pack all day long. Very interesting that they all were in Can-Ams except for Ronnie Anderson. Ronnie Anderson actually just released his Pro XP build uh, a couple days before King of the Hammers came out. And I thought it was pretty interesting because that car seemed way faster. That Pro XP he has seemed way faster than anything uh, any of the other Polaris guys had out there. And, I, and I'm actually watching a Polaris guy on screen right now. Uh, I have questions. I have questions. I, I have, you know, just general thoughts after the race was all said and done. Uh, before we do that again, congratulations to the winners. Um, but also, uh, congratulations to Anthony Yon to be the first one to complete King of the Hammers in a one-seat chassis uh, on the UTV side or factory one-seat chassis. I'm not sure if someone 
has done it before in a modified vehicle in the UTV class. But uh, Anthony Yant finishes King of the Hammers UTV race, does an excellent job uh, in the machine that I actually owned for a brief time too, which is really cool to see that machine kind of come through. And, uh, you know, I've driven it. I've raced it. Had a great time racing it. It's a really sturdy machine. And he's, you know, kind of changed everything around to uh, be successful at King of the Hammers. And I'm really excited to see him finish. I think that that's a big deal. Uh, and also Polaris, uh, we were able to help Polaris and Anthony get connected too. So shout out to Polaris. Uh, and now to instantly change the tone of the message. So the top three, four, five, I think Ronnie Anderson was in fourth or fifth position. But uh, I think that this is a, a very large statement for Can-Am. It's not concerning by any means, but, you know, all of us have heard the rumors, rumors of the Polaris Pro XPR and I think that we're asking, you know, me as a race fan, as someone who really keeps up with the sport because of the podcast, at what point does Polaris think that it can compete? You know, at what point are they going to try and come back after this UTV market? Because it's very obvious to me that, you know, Can-Am has the remedy figured out, the speed in the desert, the maneuverability in the rocks, especially because, you know, almost, I think, five out of the uh, four out of the top five, maybe they were running 35 inch tall tires on their Can-Am X3s. The exclusion being, um, well, outside of Ronnie, but uh, the exclusion being Jay Shaw, who I think was actually just running a 32 inch tall Maxxis. Either way, the tire, I mean, the cars are running huge tires, have big power, and, and they really seem to have found the remedy. And, and the yellow and black Can-Am factory team that came out really put a show on. I think Dustin uh, Battleax Jones had some really unfortunate stuff right out of the gate. He's one of the factory Can-Am drivers. I think on lap one, he said he had burned a belt, lost a, lost two rear axles, and also had a flat. So it's kind of one of those things where it was just a really bad day for him. But all that being said, it's a really good day for Can-Am across the board. Now, with the Pro XPR that's just floating out there, uh, I think that, you know, the rumor is that it's a 72-inch wide machine with a Polaris slingshot engine in there. I personally, you know, that disqualifies them from the UTV race. And it really seems like Polaris, you know, they disqualifies them because of the size of the engine being over a thousand cc's and, and some other things involving that it doesn't fit the spec of a UTV anymore. So it's very interesting. It feels almost as if Polaris has given up to some degree. You know, I could be completely wrong in that they're sitting on some new machine and or some new version of the Pro XP. I don't think that a 72-inch Pro XP with the same, you know, everything's the same but the width. I don't think that that wins. I don't think that even comes close. I think it's going to be a redesign of the chassis. The Pro XP is a really great machine, but... You know, if you're coming to win this this King of the Hammers race, because when I interviewed Brett from Polaris, he basically said, our sights are set on King of the Hammers. And to be honest, I mean, that was a kind of a poor showing for Polaris today. I, I was a little, uh, you know, I watched him qualify and the, most of the top guys were running Can-Ams, but, you know, it was pretty, it's just kind of confusing because, they really didn't shine well. I mean, I'm on screen right now, if you're watching the YouTube, there are three Polaris razors broken down in what seems to be, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's um, Bender Alley, I think is the name of it. And, you know, those are the locations where the Polaris razor is really supposed to shine. 
you know, it's the rock sections that took a lot of these razors out. Now, I'll give you this, a lot of the desert guys who had really good success, uh, you know, they seem to win in the desert and survive in the rocks on the Can-Am side. Really, I mean, I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch these cars taking, you know, a few minutes off the line, haul into the desert, but it's literally like watching an action movie. You know, you had two cars, Jay Shaw and uh, Cody Miller, I think, just neck and neck, back and forth, absolutely haul in the mail and, and really like a dog fight up there in front in the desert. They were easily doing 70, you know, 70 plus miles an hour. So I'm just at this point, you know, you, you have to, you have to make a choice is King of the hammers, a desert race with a rock lap, or is it, you know, the rocks, you know, is it, is it some desert and then you run the hammers? Because I think that this UTV course overall was, it was hard. I think they're saying the attrition rate right now, there was 93 machines that left the starting line. And as of uh, 4.30 PM central time, which uh, puts it at six and a half hours after it started, 20 machines have crossed the line. And I would argue majority of them have been Can-Am, you know, as you look at Ultra 4 as a racer, a spectator, a manufacturer, you know, if I'm Polaris, I'm going, okay, Can-Am's making up all this ground. They're just obliterating people in the desert. You can't, no other machine seems to hold a candle to it in the desert, you know, and, and again, can run a big enough tire to thrive and, and, and coast through the rocks. I mean, they're super successful. They're not like, you know, barely hanging on by a thread through this rock section, but you know, they're getting past it. And apparently they're doing better because I've seen, you know, like I just mentioned, three Polaris's broke down in that rock section as well. Now, you know, that's a choice that Polaris has to make. You know, are we going to build a car that thrives in the desert, survives in the rocks, which seems to be the opposite of what Polaris's current machines are built for. You know, the Polaris machine is a rock hungry monster and does, you know, survives in the desert, in my opinion. Um, especially when compared to the Can-Am. I mean, let's be honest, if you're going to put a Can-Am and a Polaris machine out there, it's just not the same. But here's my real beef. And, you know, I've had Polaris on this show before. I've had Polaris. um, I've talked a lot to him. I would love, you know, I've run a Polaris. I would love to tell you guys that I have some kind of deal with them and they give me machines or they give me discount on machines because that's what everybody wants. You know, you want to be in the industry and you want to get a free machine. And that's the, that's one of the goals, right? But in this case here, we're in an interesting place because uh, if I were to go buy a new machine today, it would be a Can-Am without a doubt, regardless of the application. Um, It's just, you know, East Coast, we don't have the real room to open it up like they do in the West Coast, but, you know, it's, it's just hard to, deny what you see. Now I'll say this too, that I saw more broken axles today from Can-Ams than I ever have. And I saw, uh, you know, some people had really poor days, but it seemed like a lot more Polaris people had really poor days as well. And let me, let me also point this too. The reason I made my statement about Polaris not sponsoring or, you know, having anything to do with this show is because I really think Polaris factory on the UTV side has made some, some just massive, massive mistakes 
on who their factory team drivers are. So no disrespect uh, to any of the current factory team drivers. I think uh, the Guthrie's are great investments. They come out here and they're king of the Hammers champions. You know, both of both of them, senior and junior, have both won this race before. Uh, the Shannon Campbell and, and the Campbell squad. I know that they're factory drivers and Shannon Campbell's not even running a chassis, uh, you know, a stock chassis anymore. He built a custom one. I'm not sure if they're still factory drivers. I, I can likely go and check that now, but uh, you know, him running a custom chassis probably tells me that he's not. Um, it's just, and if he is, that's insane. And it kind of frustrates me a little bit because we have so many guys out here on the East Coast that would love to have those those uh, those sponsorships, but it's just not it's just not there. So uh, I'm actually pulling up the list here. Factory racing and then racer lineups. Uh, now there's some other people. You know, it really seems like it really seems like Razor wants to give people who are really popular in name machines and factory driver positions but maybe who aren't UTV drivers. And, you know, especially at King of the Hammers, I feel like they really misplaced a lot of their, um, a lot of their dollars. I'll say it like that. Uh, Guthrie Jr. is a factory driver. Let's see, Guthrie Sr. And then uh, Waylon Campbell and Shannon Campbell. So, and Bailey. So I was right. Bailey, or excuse me, Shannon, who is not even running a Polaris chassis anymore, is a factory driver. And, uh, you know, there was factory support for a number of guys, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Anderson, which obviously he did the best today out of everybody, but, um, you know, like Sarah price, I don't foresee her. I know she's a great desert racer, but you know, there's so much more to this. And I think even in watching some of her, you know, pre-running videos, it was, it was kind of like, ah, you know, like, I don't think it's going to be this year. And to me, it really feels like Polaris invest money in people who are not the best for the team and maybe sound good at a boardroom meeting, but don't give you the results that uh, the, the drivers like Can-Am will. I mean, look at the list of Can-Am drivers, Cody and Hunter Miller, short course gods, Phil Blurton, a desert racing, you know, genius. Uh, you have a slew of these guys who are not, you know, you know, kind of token factory drivers. You have people who are the best of the best, always the best of the best and in the top tier. And I really just don't think that Polaris does that correctly. It's kind of frustrating, especially when you see guys from the East Coast come out, put everything on the line. Anthony Yaunt, it was a terrible struggle for him to get, you know, factory support. Michael Lee, I know, gets factory support. And, and you know, he's out there, running on a, but like, not like a shoestring budget by any means, but he doesn't have legitimate factory team support and he's going to fit, you know, he, he's likely to finish the race today and half of the other team isn't even going to finish the race. So it's just, I think that their dollars and factory drivers are really misspent. And, you know, as far as the machine goes, you know, if the right driver, I would love to say that like the Can-Am machine is this much better than the Pro XP. Ronnie Anderson showed us that it's, it's definitely comparable. Uh, Cole Clark shows us all the time that it's definitely a comparable machine to an X3. I just don't think the factory team has the right drivers in there. And I think the people that are better drivers uh, don't get the support to be able to 
run the race program that they need to run to be the most successful. So there's my piece on machines. Uh, in regards to this race course, again, what's more important, desert or, uh, you know, rock trails? They ran a lot of hard rock trails this year. And the, you know, like the 1% of success people here, the one percenters killed it. They they finished the race in under four hours. It was three and some change. And that's unheard of for, you know, a super hard UTV course. And I've seen a lot of people talk about, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you know, they're going to run the 4,400. And, you know, if they finish the 4,400, blah, 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 like it'll be a bigger deal, but they're not going to do that because of King's Graveyard. I just think that you guys, I think it's, I think you guys are missing it. Like the machines that are doing well, the race programs that are doing well, I, I feel like King of the Hammers shouldn't be being finished in three hours. I think you'd have to add a third lap or you're going to have to integrate, you know, some other challenge to this, which makes this race a little harder because, you know, there's such a gap between let's just say this, like there's a gap between Can-Am factory supported teams and there's a gap between the every man who comes out and does it. The Can-Am factory teams, because of the support they have, they went out and blew the brakes off this race. And uh, I don't know if there needs to be an equalizer or anything like that, but I just, uh, I think that it's a really interesting situation where you guys, you have a cluster of guys who just blow the smoke off this race and Maybe it's machine, maybe it's driver, but these are just some of the thoughts that I've been thinking about as I've been watching the race today. Uh, I think Polaris really let me down, in my opinion. I was a little disappointed to see, uh, you know, they had drivers going out for nothing. It seemed like they had drivers, you know, just everyone's broken. Maybe factory support wasn't what it needed to be. And and then to watch Can-Am, I mean, watching the Can-Am machines out there was like watching a Batman, like a Batmobile fly through the city of Gotham. It was crazy and it was intense and it was powerful. And uh, a lot of those guys had very few errors all day. And uh, Kyle Cheney had a flawless victory with no errors, no flat tires, no belts, no nothing. So hats off to him. It was uh, a great day. I'm a big fan of the race as always. You know, all of my critiques that I just said are backhanded by the fact that I loved watching it today. I can't wait for the 4400 class. And I also can't wait to see what the UTVs are, uh, what the UTVs do in the 4400 race as well. Uh, I think we're in an interesting spot uh, in terms of this race. I think that you know everybody wants King of the Hammers to be a race that you don't finish, but I, at the same token, like I do think that, or I don't want to say that you don't finish, but like few finish. It's supposed to be the you know the the finishing accomplishment is supposed to be a bigger deal and. I think that more people are finishing because machines are better, preps better, supports better, all those things. Um, but it feels weird to see a team, you know, three, four, five guys come in and smash it in under three, in, you know, under four hours. So just food for thought. I'm not complaining. I'm just interested. I'm interested to know what you guys think. I'm interested to hear um, what you guys thought of the race. It was too easy, too hard. Uh, is there a difference between Can-Am X3? Is there a difference between Razor? It's a very interesting topic and i think we're, we're you know in an interesting time i'm excited to watch some east coast racing where uh you know it's a little bit of a different turnout but also i want to say congratulations to anthony yacht again what an awesome awesome guy uh to get out there finish in the rs1 and uh, again congratulations to kyle cheney uh cody miller phil blurton and congratulations to our very own jay shaw that was pretty interesting uh let me know you guys if you guys have feedback It'd be great so 
without further ado, guys, thanks. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube and on Apple podcast. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review. Thanks everybody. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, most importantly, if you can subscribe to our YouTube and leave us a review on Apple podcast, if possible, today's show is powered by RCV performance products. One really cool thing is that RCV uh, not only runs their trail series, but they also have a pro series of axles. In fact, they're on their second iteration for UTVs. Uh, the RCV Performance Pro Series 2 axles, which have a, com- have a completely different design from the Series 1 where they used a bell. Uh, the Pro Series 2 is more like the boot system CV style that you're normally used to seeing on uh other UTV axles, but they have taken it to the next level. They are designed and engineered to handle the most abusive conditions from trail riding to desert racing, which I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to adjust that ad because I think that there's rougher things than desert racing out there. I think a lot of the rock bouncer UTVs, the rock, you know, the rock buggy UTV buggies, uh, those guys are pretty harsh on parts. With years of experience though, in racing and working with the top drivers in the industry, RCV has been able to develop the ultimate axle solution. Seriously, guys, this is the end-all, be-all. You want to know what Tim Cameron runs? You want to know what Lauren Healy runs? It's, it's funny when guys who do completely opposite things run the same parts because there's no better. It should tell you something. that The Pro Series 2 axle features RCV's high-temperature spec grease designed to withstand the harshest environments, the Outboard Pro Series Orange Boot is built to be precise within specifications to be puncture resistant and heat resistant up to 450 degrees, and all of those are manufactured in the United States. It's big. RCV on the show is big, guys. RCV Performance Products on Facebook and Instagram, and let me get the website here. I think it's RCV Performance. Let's get it, rcvperformance.com, and if you make a phone call, tell them Racing on the Rock sent you, and uh, I, I, I would mean a lot to me. So next on the list is the all-powerful Super Grip ATV tires. In the opening ad, I talked about running 32-inch tires, uh, my 32-inch K9 XTs, but I'm going to flip-flop a little bit. I also finally got my amp tires. My amp tires are 29-inch tall, 9 inches wide. They're like the front bighorn tires that come on your uh, razor right off the lot. Let me tell you guys, uh, I'm excited to try them because I've got them. They're a little bit more of a complex tread pattern. There's more technology added into the rubber, into the pattern itself. Uh, But one of the really cool things is I've got them hooked up on some beadlocks and I'm ready to do some little dirt racing. If I can make it out to Dirty Turtle or somewhere like that, I cannot wait to go give those amp tires uh, a beating on the track or somewhere that maybe is not like Adventure Off-Road Park or not like Johnson Valley, where you need huge ground clearance from huge tires. If I have somewhere like Windrock or something where I'm probably going to be riding some distance, I'm going to give those amp tires a try. They're six-ply made of the extremely high-quality rubber that comes from Super Grip ATV tires. I'm really excited to put some miles on those bad boys. Just need a chance to take them out. Super Grip ATV, Performance ATV tires, on Instagram and Facebook and supergripatv.com. Next on the list is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. I talked a little bit in the opener as well about how they valved my shocks and got them fixed and just they're just better. 
Like there's not a there's not even a strong comparison between good and bad. These shocks are better. It's amazing. Just with a little bit of fine tuning because Chris over at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, it's a big, 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 big difference. If you have an extra thousand bucks, I think, I think, guys, I think that's the price point. Thousand bucks will get your shocks revalved, reworked, you know, whatever you want to call it, cleaned up and sent back to your doorstep. And let me tell you guys something you'll thank me later because there's a ton of expensive organizations out there that want to charge you, you know, upwards of $2,500, $3,000. Chris at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop gets the job done in a beautiful manner. Wouldn't be wouldn't be pimping it out if I didn't believe in it. So Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Instagram, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Facebook. All Things UTV is also a sponsor. One thing that's pretty cool uh, is I'm not going to have to worry about ever breaking axles now that I have RCVs, but in the event that you have broken an axle, All Things UTV has a product called Axle Magic. It is a patented uh, slide hammer design made to get axles out of your differential or transmission where it's broken at the CV side uh, on the transmission or differential side. The CV is broken. You see people all the time, they have to either go pull the other side and hit it, hit, hit it out with a hammer if it's going through the transmission, or if it's broken off in the differential, you know, they'll have to really do some crazy magic to get it out of there. All Things UTV has your solution with the Axle Magic 2. It's a great axle puller, and uh, let me tell you guys, it's just uh, easy. For the price that it costs, it's just nice to have one so you don't have to worry about the headache. Don't ever have to worry about axles getting stuck in any of your differentials ever again with All Things UTV, Axle Magic 2. All Things UTV on Facebook and Instagram and allthingsutv.com. Last but not least, one of my favorites, Infinite Off-Road. If you need light bars, light pods, whips, wheel rings, rock lights, the best damn rock lights that money can buy, Infinite Off-Road is where you go. Let me tell you guys, Infinite Off-Road really has an awesome product because they offer a 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty that even covers accidental damage, which let me explain to you guys, if you get in a car crash, if you hit a tree, whatever it is that you think you're going to do or can't do or whatever, I don't know what you're trying to do, but if you break it, they're literally just going to send you a new one. It's it's one of the greatest greatest ploys in, in the off-road world. It can't get any better than that. Infiniteoffroad.com. And let me tell you guys this right here, right now. They're going to give you 10% off with code word rocks. So there's that. Infiniteoffroad.com. Code word rocks, R-O-C-K-S. And you'll get your 10% off. All right, fellas, ladies, gents, that's everything. And that's all I have Thank you guys for making this happen for us. Welcome to 2021. It's going to be our best year yet. Thanks for sticking around. Make sure you guys share the podcast. Follow us on YouTube and do all the other dumb stuff that people ask you to do. Peace.